Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. I also host the podcast Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books, which you can listen to if you need your literary fix fast. This podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, is for anyone out there who wants to feel better in their bodies like I do. There's a private support group that I started on Instagram at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. And all of us share tips, suggestions, recipes, meal ideas, and generally just give each other lots and lots and lots of support so that it isn't so hard to do what should be simple, but somehow isn't. So please listen to the podcast, hear stories from people just like you who have struggled and overcome things and have ideas and suggestions. And let's just do this together. We got this. Thanks for listening. Kristen Caulfield is the author of How Healthy People Eat, An Eater's Guide to Healthy Habits. She's the founder of The Culinary Cure and is the pioneer of culinary resistance, the shockingly simple concept that food can help us live longer, look younger, and better. Kristen is an author, educator, and culinary disruptor, shaking up our bad habits around food to help us live healthier, happier lives. She believes plant-based diets hold the key to enhanced wellness and disease prevention, and that creating intentional culinary habits is a superpower for productive, purpose-driven humans. Kristen is a regular contributor on Good Morning Washington, ABC7, and Fox 5, where she inspires and motivates viewers to take charge of their health. Kristen's articles, videos, and recipes are available at theculinarycure.com. Welcome, Kristen. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Well, thank you for having me. And I would say nobody seems to have time to lose weight. So this is a great conversation for anybody who is interested in maintaining a healthy weight. I feel like I should have called this podcast something else. I feel like I should have called it like moms don't have time to feel better in their bodies or because not everybody wants to lose weight. That's not always the goal, but I hope that people know it's just sort of a play on, on that and the ability to like fit everything in like healthy eating and working out and all of that under that umbrella. So <laughs> I hope. And that's, and that is a good umbrella. And, and it's a great conversation starter just because even though you know, I would say most people do want to be a healthy weight. That's the goal. So, you know, the idea is we put health first and then the other stuff just falls into place. But when you're running around with your hair on fire, sometimes it's really difficult to make the right decisions because there are no, there's no neutral habits. Our habits are either helping us or hurting us. So there's really kind of no in-between and it's so it's super important that we're always gaming up, you know, so have a plan or plan to fail kind of thing. We can't just run around with our hair on fire and then be thinking about dinner when it's dinner time. Well, that's very true. <laughs> so you wrote What Healthy People Eat, which is amazing. Yeah, I love like the square shape of that, by the way. I mean, I read it online, but still you could tell and like the images and like the colors and yeah, it's very cool. Love it. Oh, it looks even better in person. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so, but yes, tell me about this and how it ties into your whole culinary cure, coaching business, all of it. Thank you so much for asking. What I found over years of coaching, mostly women, and women tend to be the nutrition decision makers for their families, I found that people had actually forgotten how to eat and forgot what food really is. So when we think about food, we think, oh, you know, we've got to eat to like keep, keep going. But if you remember your high school science, 
food in its most basic form is calories. Not all calories are the same. So there's huge variations. You know, you might have a bagel that's this many calories and an apple that's this many calories, but you're going to get so much more from that apple because the calories come attached to micronutrients and fiber and important things, whereas the bagel is empty calories. So calories in their most basic form are energy. So food is fuel. And where it gets tricky for people is in that calorie area. So when we put in calories that the body knows how to use, it's very different than when we put in calories that the body isn't wired to use. This engine is not designed to run on chemicals, you know, artificial ingredients, highly refined carbs, added sugars, lots of salt, lots of fat. We're just not designed to run that way. So what I was finding was people really want to do well. They really want to make good choices for themselves and for their families. But they get caught in the space where businesses are trying to sell them something because there's not a lot of money to be made you know, saying, eat more fruits and vegetables. You know, there's a lot of money to be saying, buy this food that's, you know, fat-free and high in protein and blah, 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 blah. So I wrote my book, How Healthy People Eat. This is a book for anybody who eats. So if you're an eater, <laughs> this book is for you. Target potential. Love it. <laughs> and it's like a primer. It's like eating 101. So the first part of the book is really how to eat well to be well. But it's, it's instructions, like chew your food 20 times. Don't drink liquids with meals. This is, people get really confused. I saw that. I was, I was going to ask you about that. So it's crazy, but people are like sitting down, chewing their food three times, washing it down with liquids. The stomach has to create more acid. So now we're creating a potential reflux situation, acid indigestion situation for which our doctor will prescribe us a medication. So we, we, need, to, we need to just take it back, learn how to eat, understand how to put the right fuel in this engine. And it's really more simple than most people think. It's not complicated. It's not hard. It's not expensive. So this is not, there's not, this isn't a cookbook. This isn't a diet book. This is a handbook for anybody that wants to eat better. So Kristen, you mentioned, and I don't know if it was in the book or maybe it was in one of your appearances because I, I watched all your things about how your husband doesn't like bananas and like whatever. I don't know. I just like went down this rabbit hole of your... TV clips. Anyway, but you did mention that you started this whole business out of a place of pain and you didn't really go into it. And maybe you don't want to go into it now, but I was just curious if you were able to talk about what set this whole thing off for you. Yeah. Yeah. There's, and, and if, you know, we're reworking my website because my story is on there. You probably saw my abridged story. So in my mid fifties, my story is every woman's story to some degree. As women, we, as we become moms, we become all things to all people. So we're the, we're the glue that holds this whole shit show together, right? And 
as our parents age, we become more involved with them as, and our kids, my kids, I had a kid who played division one college sports. You know, I had a kid who was an actor. You know, I was, you're, we are doing managing everything. I had a calendar that was, you know, each kid was color coded so we could see the month and everybody's activities. And that's, I got really organized with the food because as I, I might've said before the show, I literally, if I had a microwave in my Suburban, I would have been, my life would have been so much easier. I could have fed people like in the car. But for me personally, everything, I was living the dream. I, I married a great guy that I'd known for years. He had a great job, top lawyer in Washington, three beautiful kids in three different schools, pillar of the community, volunteer work. And there were some problems that you couldn't see if you looked at me, because if you looked at me, everything looked fine. And I was keeping it together for everybody. And I was being very productive. But what was happening was we were having some financial problems, which were leading to problems in our marriage. Communication is a real problem for couples because Women are from Mars, men are from, or women are from Venus, men are from Mars. And the conversations, we think we're talking about the same things and it can be very different. It's hard as women to ask for what we need. And if you're a super capable type A woman, yeah, keep it together because you know you can fix it. So my mom's cancer came back. She had breast cancer. My father was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. I've got a lot of things, balls in the air. I'm robbing Peter to pay Paul every month and cover tuitions. And my last kid went off to college and my dog died and I was diagnosed with thyroid cancer. And the rope was long and I got to the end of my rope. And my big world, that big world that with the social life and the community had dwindled down and it took all of my effort just to get through each day. And I know I'm not alone. I know there are lots of women who experience some form of this, whether it's a health concern or a parental concern or a marriage concern. And, there, you know, that's only part. There was more stuff that I, I don't talk about because it's actually not my story to tell. But it it was so overwhelming to me that I super capable type A me could barely get through the day. And I really didn't want to tell anybody and I didn't want to socialize. And every time I did socialize, I felt bad because I felt like I was the only person whose life was this, this damaged. And anyway, we sold our house to pay our tax debt and we started fresh. And I was 57 and I started the culinary cure because, and this is where the culinary cure origin story begins, I couldn't change all those things. I couldn't fix all those people. I couldn't print money, but I could control one thing. I could control what was on the end of my fork. And I started with food and, I, and I'd always used food. I had a catering company. I'd been an event planner in Washington, DC. I was the girl who catered part of her own wedding. Food has always been my medium. And I just made sure every bite I put into my mouth was serving me. And I knew I'd been drinking too much coffee and too much wine and too many refined carbs. So I changed the input and that started to change this. This all started to look different. I started to feel better and have more energy. And like many women, 
2, 3 a.m., you know, the the file cabinet that is my brain would shoot open and all these ideas, you know, were in my head and all that worry. So I was like, you know what? I can lie here and worry or I can get up and go to a 5 a.m. workout. So I started going to the gym at 5 a.m. Now I'm eating clean. I have more energy. I'm going to the gym. My body's continuing to change. I have more energy. I feel like I can cope with what's happening in my life. So I begin the culinary cure because I know that nobody wrote the playbook for picking yourself up when you're a woman in your 40s or 50s and you have very few resources and you've got to put on your big girl pants because nobody's coming to save you. It's all up to you. Yeah. But look where, look where I am. I created the Culinary Cure. I have 200 recipes, healthy recipes on my website. I do regular TV for my two of my local TV channels. I wrote a book. I'm a speaker. From that pain came this really great thing. But it started with food. So I know food has the power to change lives. Wow. It's happy and sad all at the same time. Thank you for sharing that story. And it's... The fact that you could go from not getting out of bed to getting out of bed and being at the gym, like knocking on the front door as it opened. I mean, that's impressive, right? That's that shift in how to take control of the pain. That's amazing. It's just fantastic. And the fact that you're now helping other people too is beautiful. You know, it's really, there are so many other ways. Why do you think I know this isn't like specific advice, but I'm just so motivated by your story. Why do you think you didn't just stay in bed? I know you referenced your type A personality. But what do you think it was? It was like, yes, you realized you, your food was helping you, but that you easily could have just not done any of this. <laughs> like you easily could have felt sorry for yourself justifiably and, and been sick and been tired and hopeless and not created what you have. What do you think it was? Something, what do you think it was? You know, that deep sorrow, and I know a lot of people feel this, and it and it's complicated because some of it's hormones, and if we're not eating right, we're kind of feeding the bad feelings, and if we're not exercising, we're not creating those feel-good hormones. We have hormone changes. Listen, as women, oh my God, we drew the short straw on hormones. I mean, our whole life is just like hormone soup. It never, it never ends. So I just, it, it really, literally, I. it was one day I woke up and I'm like, this cannot be what the universe had intended for me. And I'm working still with somebody to help manifest more positivity. And, and the power of our brain is so incredible. When we flip the negative to a positive, it changes things. And then more positive change comes. And we've got to learn to build on that. But the same happens when we go down that spiral. And for me, it didn't happen overnight. It happened over a decade. So I didn't see it coming. So it crept up on me. And and then that sadness, and you know, there's so much more to the story. And there are there are people, wonderful people, who came out of the universe and and helped me when I needed it the most. So I just became more in tune to focusing on the good things because that's what we want more of. What we focus on expands. So if we want more good stuff, 
We got to change that mindset and we've got to find the silver lining. And all that advice I used to give my kids, when one door closes, you find the open window. It's there, I promise you. So I had to take my own advice. But I will say it was a very lonely place. It was very lonely and very quiet. So that's a lot of time in my head. But when I started to use food and feel different, and I knew a lot about food. I was already in the food business. I was the woman giving her kids probiotics 32 years ago and giving, you know, organics in my home. So I knew a lot about food. But what I didn't know was how to be super intentional with my food and habits. I'm 62. I mean, I created, I'm like biohacking my health. So I understand the power. And when we align our big picture goals with our little daily habits, it's unbelievable what we can do. Wow. And anyone can do it. I don't have any special skill set here. Anybody listening to this who wants to change something in their life, you know, whether it's eating better or exercising more or dialing down stress or improving sleep or being more present with their family and friends and pets and whatever it is, we can do this. Anybody can do this. And you can start today. Wow. Well, I see why you, <laughs> you're so motivating. I feel like it's amazing. You started off this conversation saying, you know, it's not hard. Anyone can eat the right things. And when you said that at first, I was thinking, well, sometimes it feels kind of hard, you know, because it's not about the food. What about that? Like, what about the, it's, you know, there's so much that goes into food selection and why people depend on what you were just saying, the, the carbs and the coffee and the wine and all of that. It's not always about, I think it comes from a good place of self-soothing or whatever, or, you know, there, I mean, there are obviously many different reasons, but for emotional eaters, how would you counsel them? Yeah. And, and all of us, hello, COVID-19, who's not an emotional eater or drinker? We all are. I mean, at one point I was like making cookies out of anything that was in my house because it felt like one big snow day. And then it just went on and on. And the average American was gaining like two pounds a month in quarantine. So there is a lot of emotional eating. But to get to the root of some of this, there's emotional eating and there's addictive eating. And what we don't know about food is the most dangerous part because food, the food industry is designed to sell us products. And it is, it is designing their food to be addictively delicious. So you really can't just eat one. And so the odds are stacked against us when we go into the store and we buy anything with a label because that food is processed in some way. And I'm not saying don't buy any food with labels. We should all be label readers. But understand, sugar, salt, and certain types of fats are used to make, that's like the trifecta of addiction. So creating foods that have those three things and a certain kind of crunch and the bag sounds a certain way when you open it, it's all addictive. So if you're using sugar or artificial sweeteners, artificial sweeteners are actually worse for you than natural sweeteners because they are chemicals. And just because there are chemicals in food doesn't mean chemicals are food. So sugar is highly addictive. It lights up the pleasure centers of the brain. It's more addictive than cocaine. 
And they've done many, many studies with rats and the rats take the, take the sugar every time. So sugar's addictive, but how this works is not only is it delicious to eat and lights up the pleasure center of our brain, it feeds the bad bacteria in our gut. So now we're feeding the bad bacteria the gut sends thousands of messages each day to our brain telling us what to do. The brain only sends a couple of hundred to the gut. So the gut is calling the shots. So if we're feeding the bad bacteria, we're creating this cycle that makes it very hard to not eat those foods that, that seem so soothing and comforting. So we kind of have to get to the root cause. I have something called the Kitchen Intervention, which is one of my signature programs. And it's about creating the conditions of life for the life you want to live. So I eat everything. I don't want anybody to think that I don't eat pizza or French fries or steak or drink wine and coffee. I eat everything. But five days a week, I use my food with precision intention because I have a lot I want to do I want to have a good night's sleep. I need to dial down stress. I'm going to get up at 4.10 so I can get to the gym at 5 a.m. And, you know, I have a busy, busy days ahead of me. So my husband and I, five days a week, we eat a largely plant-based diet. And plants are delicious. You just have to know how to cook them. Go to the Culinary Cure. Look at my, my recipes. We try not to drink alcohol during the week unless it, there's a reason, like something fun. I'm out of the house. So we'll have a kombucha at five in a wine glass, and that can be satisfying. And then on the weekends, we pretty much do whatever we want. And that is forever putting the odds in your favor. And for for busy moms and busy working women, this is a great plan because you can now game up on Sunday, have a plan or plan to fail. You're planning ahead. So now you're buying food. You know, you're, you're shopping for meals, not buying random food, which is what people do all the time. They go to the grocery store, they fill their cart up with food, but they don't have meals. So now you're buying meals, not just random food. And you're doing a little bit of prep work. And I say, you know, if you can spend two to three hours on a Sunday prepping for the week, you will get that time back during the week when you need it the most and more. So that is kind of the, the key to the culinary cure. It's using food with intention. It's buying meals, not shopping for food, and creating the conditions of life. Because hello, if you have crap food, in, if there is something craptastic in your pantry, you are gonna, you're, it's going to call to you. You're going to be in your house and you're going to be like, oh my God, I have some stale peeps <laughs> up in the top of that cabinet. I love stale peeps. You know? <laughs> so Kristen, how can people find you? Oh, well, I have a freebie. I have a gift for anybody that wants to visit me at theculinarycure.com. It is Healthy Habits 101 and it's 20 pages. It's got recipes. It's kind of like your little entry level, you know, if you're just wondering where to start, th this can help you get started. It's a little primer. And then you can, at The Culinary Cure, you can see the link for my book on Amazon. And I tell people, if you order my book on Amazon and you reach out to me and message me and write me a review because you like the book, I hope you will like the book, I'll send you a copy of my 30-day detox. Awesome. 
Yeah, as a as a little thank you. And I just, you know, I loved sharing with people that this is so doable. Make food your friend, have a plan, eat the way your great-grandparents ate. So if the food wasn't around before your great-grandparents' time, you know, think twice before you eat it. And if you're feeding kids, teach them how to eat lots of vegetables, you know, skip and I, there, I do have a great recipe for like mac and cheese on my website. It's only three ingredients and it's quite delicious. It's not all that healthy, but at least it's a little healthier. But feed your kids lots of vegetables and teach them how to learn to love vegetables. So roast them, steam them, serve them fresh, serve them with a dip, because the answer to longevity and disease prevention and lower stress really is in that plant-based diet. Well, I am hoping that my great-grandparents ate chocolate-covered almonds because <laughs> that is how I get through the day. <laughs> I love them. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you so much. This was so nice. And thanks for you know sharing so openly and being inspirational, but also giving such easy to follow or easy to understand, perhaps more challenging to follow, but you've inspired me even to adopt some of these things and that mindset. And also that image of your brain as the file cabinet with the things flying out is that will stay with me today. (laughs) So thank you so much. And it was so nice to get to know you. Thank you for having me. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight. Don't forget to follow the private support group at Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight on Instagram. Thanks.